your relationship with Patreon is one of a supporter as opposed to a customer. Are you a small business owner struggling to find the right talent for your team? I've been there and I know how challenging it can be. That's why I recommend LinkedIn Jobs. It's not just any job board. It's a community where you can find professionals who are the perfect fit for your business, many of whom aren't checking other job sites. In fact, 70% of LinkedIn users aren't visiting other leading job sites, making LinkedIn your best bet for finding top talent. With LinkedIn Jobs, you can post your job and reach qualified candidates quickly. 86% of small businesses find a qualified candidate within 24 hours. And now you can post your job for free at linkedin.com slash conversation. That's right, for free. Don't miss out on finding top talent. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash conversation today. Terms and conditions apply. Managing passwords can be a real headache, right? Think about it. Every website requires a new password. Each one needs to be unique, secure, and somehow memorable. But there's a better way. Welcome to the world of 1Password, where your entire company can generate strong, unique passwords, store them securely, and access them across any device without ever needing a reset. Imagine never having to click Forgot Password again. With 1Password's award-winning design, managing passwords becomes a breeze for you and your entire team. It's trusted by millions, including top companies like IBM and Slack. Here's the best part. My listeners can try 1Password for free for two weeks. Right now, get your free trial at onepasswordcom slash Productive Convo. Secure your passwords and simplify your online security with 1Password. Meal planning is important because it prevents us from being a disappointed wreck when dinner time comes around and we have no clue what to make or even if we have the ingredients to make the meal. It's a time and a money saver, but most importantly, it frees up valuable brain space. Creating a meal plan prepares us for the week to come and gives us peace of mind that we're organized and can feed ourselves and our family. That's why I do it, and that's why Plan to Eat helps me do it. Your subscription includes access to the Plan to Eat website and fully featured mobile apps on iOS and Android. And Plan to Eat gives you the tools to clip and organize recipes from any website, the ones your family loves and that fit your dietary preferences and needs. And you can create a meal plan around your schedule. Then what happens is the Plan to Eat software automatically creates an organized shopping list based on your plan. So sign up for your free trial at plantoeat.com slash timecrafting. That's plantoeat.com forward slash timecrafting. The coupon will be automatically applied to your account and can be used when you're ready to subscribe. It's valid for new customers only. Give Plan to Eat a try today. Welcome to this bonus episode of the Productivity is Podcast. Mike Vardy here, and I'm really excited to welcome my friend Steve Dotto to the program because I have an announcement to make, and Steve is directly related to the announcements because for listeners of the Productivity is Podcast, for those who have been around for a while and remember when I used to do a private feed for Patreon supporters, well... I'm bringing Patreon back to the Productivityist podcast. You'll learn more about that in future weeks. But for now, let's get to the conversation that I have with Steve Dotto. And I'll share more with you about the updates to Patreon and more at the tail end of the episode. But for now, let's get to that conversation with my friend Steve Dotto here on the Productivityist podcast. Steve Dotto, welcome once again to the Productivityist podcast. Once again, you keep telling me once again, did I do this before? 
You did, but it's so long ago that both of us forgot. Well, I, I know I did until I looked and said, I typed in Steve Dotto Productivity is Podcast. It came up. I'm like, wow, it's been over 250 episodes. So we did it. We recorded it on our Commodore 64s. <laughs> yeah, five years ago when this, we didn't have all this equipment and, and all this. It was probably just the, you know, a, a blue, I think I probably recorded it on my blue snowball back in the day. Oh, oh wow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I would have been on the same mic. I haven't, I haven't changed mics in about eight years. Well, thanks for coming back. I appreciate it. Um, for those watching on YouTube, uh, this is a bonus episode, of course, so you can actually watch and interact. You'll see some of the, we might show some stuff, who knows? But the big thing I, I wanted to have you on because you and I have been friends for years. And recently we had a conversation about how I was going to be bringing back Patreon to the Productivityist podcast because uh, it's I was using Patreon fairly early on. I know you've been using it. I think I think you used it a little bit before me, but I was a, a pretty early adopter as well. But I bailed to move towards the membership model. Yeah, I remember when you did that, and I kept thinking, "What are you doing, Mike? What are you doing?" You said that there's so. First off, before we dive into like the reasons why that the reason that I'm doing this, and I've already shared this with my audience to a degree on my email list and such, haven't really shared it with the podcast listeners, especially those that have not been you know, listening since day one. Um, why is the Patreon model different than, than the membership model? Like, what are the distinctions there? Because you said, I mean, right out of the gate, you're like, this is different. And when you move there, you're going to notice it. And guess what? I did. I didn't have as many people move over. I have a different type of people that are inside the membership. But like, can you expand upon that? Yeah, I, uh, in Patreon, I, um, well, in Patreon was has been a learning experience for me. But I actually was, I, for reasons that we'll explain in a few moments, I, I've looked at how long I've been on Patreon. And it's just over seven years now that I've been on. And Patreon's only been around for just under eight. So I, I yeah. joined in the first year. And the reason I joined was not so that I wanted to build a community on it. It's because I wanted to do a YouTube video on how it works. Uh, and so I, I, I built it and lo and behold, it was one of the better YouTube videos I've ever created. Not because of how well it did on YouTube, but how well it's done for me. Uh, but essentially understanding that Patreon and now Patreon's Genesis is really important. You've got to recognize that Patreon was originally started, uh, by Jack Conti, uh, primarily in, um, out of frustration. He was part of the band Pomplamoose. He's a musician, still is part of the band Pomplamoose. Yeah. yeah. And so Jack, so when Patreon first launched, uh, it was Jack and and in his partner. I think it's John Wu. I think I, I I can't remember his partner's first name. It's terrible. But um, the reason that they started it was there was they got musicians got all excited with iTunes and with with online delivery and with like MP3.com with all of these different distribution platforms because historically musicians had been held down by the labels by the record labels. We all know that they're they 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 were just they were taken advantage of every every which way and so with the start with the launch of itunes and stuff musicians finally saw a, a, a fracturing of that of that uh of that kind of that collar that was around them by the by the major labels and they started to earn some real money for the first time for many of them and they started to have a relationship with their community and a whole bunch of things and that was all through itunes and it was like an epiphany for them and then <laughs> itunes just became that which they replaced and they started to clamp down and they and they closed down how much the money the musicians could make and they took more control and the musicians felt they said we've been through this before and we didn't like it last time we were excited to get out of it you've shown us a glimpse of freedom 
And now they've come back and they've just buried us again. And so Conti said, let's start a place where we can, where musicians can connect directly with their community. That's the magic of Patreon is, is when there's middlemen, always the record labels and iTunes always stood between the artist and their audience. And, and, and they made all, con, all communication, all revenue f- go back and forth through them. And they took their cut. And so musicians never had the relationship with their, couldn't have, not easily could have the relationship with their audience. I mean, you could if you had a local band and you played down at the local club, but not online, not, and not, not at scale. Yeah, exactly. At scale, at the level that, I mean, Said the Whale is doing it now with their, their local, their Canadian band. And they're, they've just dropped labels and they're doing direct access with people. I think they have a Patreon. But yeah, if Jack, like, there was nothing there. You're right. There was absolutely no. nothing there. So, so what Patreon was originally was it was, so in many ways, the musicians are the poster child of what Patreon is. And what it did is it gave them direct access to their community for the first time. And it was an epiphany for them. And they could, they could, and so the relationships grew and Patreon grew. And there's it's been, a, obviously we've gone through probably, I don't know how many iterations in the last seven years as it's grown, but that was the genesis of it and recognize that. And here is the big difference. So, so you could always do a membership site and you've done a membership site. I've got a membership site. Membership sites are great. They, but membership sites, online courses, digital products, all of those deliverables, which the same type of content can be delivered in Patreon and often is. But the difference is that for all of those digital products, when somebody buys something, gives you money, they're purchasing a product from you. They're basically paying for something that you've built. They're your customer and your relationship with the customer, while it can be very good and can be very healthy, it's not necessarily intimate and it isn't customers aren't vested in your success. Customers are vested in the content they're purchasing for whatever value it gives them. So Patreon is for content creators. It's for people who are creating content of any sort, music, art, uh, film. Uh, we do uh, t- tutorials, training. Anything that people are creating, Patreon, Patreon is, where a, where, is where a supporter says, Mike, I believe in what you're doing. I find value in it, and I would like to, you to keep doing it. I don't want to pay you for what you've done. They could well have bought it. I want to encourage you to continue to do it. I want you to make more. And so Patreon, your relationship with Patreon is one of a supporter as opposed to a customer. And, and, and I said something a minute ago, which is so important in this whole equation, is they're vested in your success because they feel that they're part of the process. They're supporting you. And in, 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 a, in, a, in, a, in a really um, agile Patreon creator recognizes the value of that community and he and, and he invests more in his community and he says, you know, he lets them get engaged more and he listens or she listens to them and they, 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 they work in tandem as opposed to, I'm going to build this product and sell it to you. You're going to get some value out of it. We can have a great relationship, but customer and, and vendor, it's not that it's, it's creator and supporter. It's a four to me. And what's, what I found fascinating. And you, you told me this is that, I mean, remember my background at Costco, Costco has a membership and there's a membership component, but there it's very transactional. Like you said, it's very much like, I mean, yes, there's a feeling of belonging to a degree, to a degree, but not, there's not that intimacy. And, and what I've noticed as I made that migration to time crafting trust, which is still active and going. And I know you have a membership as well. Um, the most active people that are in time crafting trust, guess where they started? They were members of my Patreon. They were, they, and, and they still, and so I recognize that distinction. 
And when I, and that's what led me down the, actually what really led me down the path in, in addition to that was, and I think I've told you this story, but when I was walking through the hallways of the San Diego conference center at traffic and conversion about two years ago, maybe three, um, I was walking through the exhibit hall and just as I was passing someone, they said with just a, a, a passing glance said, love your podcast and just kept going. Like I there was, this, yeah. yeah. And I'm like, I was there at that conference. We were there. Yeah. Today. Yeah. Yeah. We were, and I, and I remember telling, I think I, I told you this for sure. And, and it was like that at that moment, number one, I recognized, okay, this person doesn't know my writing necessarily doesn't know anything else. I do just loves the podcast. And that, that, that's how they absorb the content, the, the work that I share. And when I took away Patreon, I essentially robbed them the ability to, su to, to support that and support other elements of my work as well. And that, the unique thing about podcasts, for those of us that create content, is podcasts are one of the most difficult platforms. I mean, I, I really have a lot of respect for how you've grown yours, but podcasts are one of the real challenges to create uh, a dialogue with your community because your podcast is fractured. People listen to it on their phone. They listen to it on their, in their car. They listen to it on the computer. It's not like YouTube where you go and they have a ready, their fingers are close to a keyboard and they can comment and they can engage with you just now. Right. Podcasts, right yeah. It's really yeah. difficult to hear what your what your, uh, what your followers are thinking or, 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 or have them interact with you because it's, it's asynchronous to the, yeah. con, con, to the consumption of the product. Whereas once you start having a Patreon account attached to a podcast is now you've got a platform that they go to, you release your content early, or you give them some bonus content there. The key for most Patreon creators that most uh, Patreon supporters want is they want a little bit more intimate access to you. That's what they ask for. They ask to, to, to get to know you a little bit better to have, you know, to be treated as a VIP as it were. But that platform then creates a, uh, that, that, that creates an opportunity for conversation to happen. And conversation, if we can have it with our followers, leads to us creating more va valuable and more vital content for them. And it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy where you're just serving them better. Well, and one of the things that came up as I was going through this, number one, you're right. I mean, the, the most interaction you have at face value or at its base level with podcast uh, audience members is the please rank or review or rate or review my podcast. And you can see that. But there's no direct access. The, the second one, and this is what I think maybe helped clubhouse take off for a little bit. Although we are seeing, I think there's a recent, uh, recent, um, article saying that their, their adoption numbers are drastically oh, dropping. Please, Mike, can we talk about clubhouse before we're done? No, let's <laughs> not. Because I can tell you, number one, it's iOS only. And that immediately puts, gets people's backs up a little bit, but also there's only so much you can do with it. You can't record. I'm not a fan. Content. I am not no. a fan. I, I am. As a matter of fact, what's the opposite of a fan. That would be me. <laughs> you, it, you you uh you're vilified by it but nonetheless no, it, no, it's well they're manipulating us they, at the end of the day we have spent the last 20 years building an it infrastructure that uh, that allows us to live asynchronously that allows gives everybody equal access to content should we choose the fact that people can listen to this podcast uh anywhere anytime is something that we've sought to artificially create an environment where you have to be in synchronous time with whatever is being delivered which by de facto but by, by by its very nature, um, eliminates other people, and 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 they lean into that. They say, you know, if you're in Australia, you're not important to us because you can't listen live, and there's no way to record it. We so what 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 kind of BS is that? Yeah, it's very it, it's, it's manipulative. Back. Yeah, and I don't trust you if you do it. No <laughs> sidebar Twitter audio. I'm actually rather enjoying. Oh yeah, it's because you can record it. 
Yeah, and it stays there, and people get to hear your voice. So I think and that's if a- you if you listen to a good one, and you want to let one of your team members know, and your team member happens to be in Portugal, you can say, "Hey, tomorrow morning, listen to this thing. It was great. I was listening to it today. It was awesome. You have a listen." <laughs> but but one of the things that that struck me as we were talking about this is I was telling you, "Hey, here's what I'm going to do." You're like, "Okay, listen." He goes, "You have this formula that you put together, like this." proven you know formula that says if you have and and i used it both for not just my email newsletter but you and i also talked about it in relation to the amount of people that listen to the podcast when you broke this down with me i was like you know it was i was gobsmacked it's like oh why wouldn't i do this do you want to share can you share a little bit about it uh i know you're doing a webinar too so let's make uh, let's set the stage a bit we because after seven years of of being on patreon uh you know i I was reading some report somewhere and I was just put kind of set back by a a statistic. Now, just to give, and I'm not trying to boast here, but in seven years on Patreon, we've generated around over 400,000 in revenue into my little company. So it's been a really important, uh, into, it's been a really important financial pillar of my company. And I thought that since I was doing, everybody must be doing that because you see a lot of Patreon out there. And so when, but then I read a report that said only 8% of Patreon creators earn over $500 a month and only 4% hit the thousand dollar mark. And I, I thought that's ridiculous because it's, it works so well for content creators. What, and, and what am I doing right that they're doing wrong? So I started to do the research and I started to look into it and I discovered a variety of different things. And this whole kind of journey of discovery led to me creating a course which is designed for content creators so that other, because one of the beauties for a content creator, Mike, you know, this, the day that you have regular recurring income and you have, and you know that you're going to be able to cover your bills next month is a really special day for us because we are so often feast and famine or living hand to mouth as we create content. And now we've got to launch a new product and that I'm hoping that it's going to perform well so that I can pay my mortgage. So I wanted for other creators, what Patreon gave me, which is this stability in this, freedom and this confidence that I'm okay. And I, I just want creators to have that because I know what it's like. So I started to put together a course and part in, and, and part of putting together that course is of course the sales pitch is getting people to sign up for the course. And so I really dove into this, this, these analytics, these metrics of how, who, why some people are making money and others aren't just to cut to the chase. The reason so many people don't make money on Patreon is they start their pay is you need a platform in order for Patreon to work. You need supporters and you don't grow it at the same time. It's people who already are vested in you and trust you and like you and want to support you. And so too often people prematurely launch their Patreon campaign. I'm going to start a podcast and I'm going to start a Patreon campaign to start it and both fail. And there's, it, it, it's no mystery to me why, because neither one is ready. Having said that, I wanted to also, I, you know me and your audience doesn't, but I am just, I really hate the, the faux nature of much of our online marketing friends. And I hate it when people say I do multiple seven figures. And that, that's why I was specific about how much money we've earned. It's not to boast, but to set reasonable expectations. And I, so, and I hate that. And so you, cause people are led down the garden path. So I said, okay, let's see if we can figure out an equation that if you do have a following, you can reasonably expect to earn from Patreon. Can we work that out? And I tested it against a bunch of different creators that I knew in myself, and I did work out a formula. So that, and, and it works best for email lists, but it can work for almost anything. And to, to just kind of encapsulate it just briefly, and I don't know how well this will work on audio, but let's take 10,000 as the base number. If you have 10,000 followers, 
uh, email email subscribers. Um, the 80-20 rule works. In other words, 20% of those are your most avid followers. They do most, they do 80% of the interaction with you. So 20% of 10,000 follower email subscribers is 2,000. Well, if you've got an email list of 10,000 people, I can almost guarantee you that when you look at your open rate, if you've got a decent following, the baseline, kind of the bottom end of your open rate is going to be 20%. If you're under 20%, you're doing something wrong. If you're over 20%, you're doing something right. But most of us are going to attain 20% open rate, engagement rate. And so in, in that math carries through. So it, instead of calling them at that point there, those 20, those 2,000 people are not your subscribers anymore. They're your fans. They're people who actually follow what you do and are interested in what you do. So then I pose a question. What, is, what would be a reasonable percentage of your fans who would support you on Patreon if you were developing content, if you were providing them with some value, something that's over and above what you're already offering? And so we could say 10%, is that a good number? 15%, 20%? There's no right number, but what's your number? Now, I figure for most of us, it's going to be between 10 and 20%. It's going to be that engagement rate. It's going to be that number of people who I would consider could be good potential for us. So uh, out of 2,000 fans, if 10% are good target market for Patreon, that gives you 200 fans on Patreon, 200 people that could probably sign up as your campaign gets a little bit more mature. And then we just do the math. We just take it from there and we say the average Patreon contribution overall globally is $7 per person per event. Usually it's per month, but it could be per song if you were creating a song or per documentary, uh, but it's $7 is the baseline, kind of that, the bottom end number. So we just, it's, a, it's an easy equation at that point there. So with a 10,000 person mail list, if you're providing value to your fans, you can expect 200 patrons giving you somewhere in the neighborhood of $1,400 per month, which already puts you in the top 4%. But it's, it's, that's reasonable expectations. It's not pie in the sky. And, uh, and I've proven it with several different creators and with my own numbers. My own numbers are just, uh, I, am, I do about 16% of my email list supports me on Patreon. And so in, in the math carries through my average income is just over $7 and you can do the math if you want, but it, it's worked out to being a very nice piece of support for me. And I want other creators to have that. And I know some people look at the here, here, 10,000 email subscribers, and that might seem rather large, but even if you didn't do that and you said, you know, I have 5,000, but I have the thousand true fans, you know, the Kevin Kelly thing, right? Well, if you get a, if you get a hundred out of those at 700 bucks a month, Times you're in the top you're in the top seven or eight percent right you're already there so and the thing about it is mike is once you reach that 500 dollars threshold is you stay there not, not not you're stuck there but those people don't leave patreon that's the baseline and they grow you also then have a real wonderful metric if you know too many of our too many content creators don't pay close enough attention to what really makes them money at the end of the day, your mail list, the number that of email subscribers you have is probably the most important metric to understanding how much money you earn. So if you recognize that if you get 10 new um, subscribers on your email list, or would it would be 100? No, it would be 100 new subscribers on your email list that you're going to add one patron. Is that it? No, it would be, it'd yeah, be 10. Yeah, you said it would be 10 if you did. If yeah, you did. 10. If you had 10 new subscribers on your mail list, that there's a good chance that you're going to get one new patron. So then you realize that each one of those emails addresses that you get is worth 70 cents a month to you, right? And so, yes, it might cost you $2 if you're doing paid traffic to get, to get new subscribers onto your email list, 
But over the course of three months, that's worthwhile. And, and if you add the other digital products that you sell and you can figure out what the metrics are, it's, it's, it's incremental over and above what you are doing. And, and there's a chance you're already doing it anyway. If you're trying to, you're probably paying to acquire anyway. So why not just add this layer to it? And that's one thing about Patreon is with Patreon, the way that I teach people how to develop their own Patreon uh, offering is I look for opportunities uh, for content that you create that's not incremental, but uh, leveraged. Uh, you know, for a podcaster, you know, I mean, a lot of when we start looking at what perks you give your patrons, because you always give them something extra, you know, they, you, they, it can be everything from you're going to do something completely over the top. I'm going to do a one on one call with every one of my patrons once a week, you know, all the way through to, you know, basically I'm going to be really appreciative. You know, <laughs> you have the whole range. So finding the things that you can do that are incremental to what you're doing without adding too much energy to you, but adds real don't too much cost of your time, but adds real value to your patrons. And a big part of that is typically going to be intimacy and access. So if you do a, a weekly or a monthly ask me anything or those sorts of things where you give them uh, early access to your content or you let them choose, you say, these are the three topics, four topics that I'm choosing that I'm thinking about doing next month. You guys pick one of them because I would guarantee we're going to do the other one. Then I'll pick the other three. Right. So giving giving those sorts of things, uh, that's that's what your patrons want. They want to feel validated. Right. They want to be part of the process too, which is, I think, uh, is a great thing as well. Now, uh, before we wrap up, uh, the reason I also wanted to chat with you is because when I launched my Patreon the first time, much like most things, it was pie in the sky. It was like I did, it was, I was fairly new to the platform. The platform was fairly new in and of itself. And this time when I knew I was going to do this and you and I were chatting and you told me about this Patreon bootcamp that we're going to talk about now, I said, I'm in because I want to do it right this time. Like I want to make sure I do it the right way. So before we wrap, can you tell uh, my listeners a little bit about this bootcamp? And hopefully you're listening to this episode before the bootcamp's underway. But if not, this is your chance to get in. So exactly. So the Patreon bootcamp, as I, I mentioned, my motivation, which was kind of to help creators find that stability. And I recognize that over seven years on Patreon, I've seen them all come and go. I've tried different things. Some have been successful. Some haven't been successful. I've learned a lot. I got to meet people like Jack Conti, and I've spoken to a lot of other Patreon creators and become kind of in the inside with the Patreon creator community because they do a good job of communicating with the with the OG. You know, I, I would be classified as Patreon OG, I think, uh, since I was original on. Gang, original gangster. For those or that old guard or just old, old grump. Guard. I think old grump is probably the best for me. I would but, agree. Uh, but so recognizing that and seeing the models and, and, and really being intrigued by it, I developed a, a 30 day program. It's, it's basically uh, every day we drop a short little lesson and it's teaching people the keys to Patreon, the, how you, how you set up your campaign. A big part of it is the first, in the first week, we establish what value a creator can deliver to their community that is sustainable and recognizing the pitfalls, recognizing the danger of launching too early recognizing the danger of having too many tiers or having too many different perks and, and creating analysis paralysis in your community, recognizing that it's an additional burden, one that you will feel much more acutely than you may feel your other, your other, uh, your other commitments, because these people are really supporting you and you don't want to screw up with them. So avoiding burnout and also setting reasonable boundaries, um, having an exit strategy, because here's the thing. Uh, Patreon, if you start using Patreon effectively and it builds to $1,500, $2,000 a month, $5,000 a month, whatever, 
that's going to be income you rely on. If something happens with Patreon, you still built your property to a certain extent on rented land. And unlike YouTube or Twitter or anything else, you can have an exit strategy on face on Patreon because the, one of the things that I love about Patreon is they own Patreon platform. You own the relationship with your followers. You can download an email list of your followers. You can communicate with them directly. So, and Patreon has not been immune to some controversy around censorship, especially with the, with dealing with the, the more conservative uh, side of the ledger. I say that politely. Um, and so something could happen. Something could happen with Patreon and it, the, 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 the bloom could be off the rose. They could get sold. The rules could change. So you have to have an exit strategy. So we cover all of those things in the bootcamp. The, the best thing about the bootcamp though is we're actually delivering it inside of Patreon. We're using the Patreon feed and every lesson is dropped as a new uh, feed, as a new uh, post within Patreon so that all of the creators get to engage with all of the other creators and they get the experience of me teaching them what's happening in the back room uh, in, the, in, the, uh, in the creator's dashboard within Patreon and in constructing the site. But they also get to experience what it looks like from the, content, from the patron side of the uh, ledger so they see what they're supporters will be experiencing when they start publishing and posting content. This is a hallmark of a Dotto Tech product too. You tend to do the teaching inside of the thing that you're trying. It's to the teach. third time. It's the, it's, uh, it's, but it works each time. Well, you've done one of those projects with me. Yep. Yep. The first one was we taught Evernote inside of Evernote, but then we talked Slack inside of Slack and that was a huge success. Yes, it was. <laughs> and now we're doing, now you're doing Patreon. So I'm in the boot camp. I like I'm in. So we've got a link in the show notes, or if you're watching this on YouTube, there's a link in the description. And I encourage, I mean, you, Steve knows this stuff inside and out. That's why I wanted to have him on for this bonus episode to talk about this, because I know that there's people listening to this and watching this that are creators and want to start to use Patreon and, and leverage that platform. And there's nobody better to learn from. So Steve, thanks so much. Well, thanks, Mike. I appreciate that. I really appreciate it. Uh, any, any, what's one simple action someone could take right now to prepare themselves for the boot camp, so that way when they when they jump in, when they apply to be part of it, they they have a leg up, and they can kind of uh, they put themselves in a better position. And I actually make this what the very first assignment. I'm gonna I'm gonna drop. You're gonna you're gonna learn what your very first day's assignment is. Go on to Patreon. Find a creator who's similar to you. Maybe it's somebody you follow. Maybe it's somebody you respect. Maybe it's somebody you consider to be a competitor. Find a few of them. Look at their offering on Patreon. Look at how they present themselves to the public. Look at what they're saying, what they're offering, what they're doing, and join them. Sign up. See what the onboarding process is. See how they validate you as you come in. Go into the chat. Go into the, the news feed. See what their supporters are saying and how they're interacting with them. Get a feel for what somebody who's being successful on it is doing, especially in your niche, so that you can get a sense of it. Now, don't worry about it being competition because the beauty of all of us creating a platform is we don't have competition. You know, the people who follow us follow us for a reason. So don't go with all I'm defensively. Go in with the, an open mind, see exactly what they're doing. You're not going to have to do the same thing, but it's going to give you a great idea of one thing, one style that works that you can start to then apply your own, your own techniques to. As a uh, former podcast guest, Austin Cleon said, this is an example of stealing like an artist. So there you go. Oh yeah. <laughs> we, I, we, I steal. I, I don't think I have an original thought in my head. <laughs> Well, uh, Steve, this has been awesome. Thanks again so much. Again, 
uh, in the show notes. You can sign up for the boot camp if you're listening to this before. The car closes when? May 16th, is it? Or May 15th? Yeah, yeah you have to apply. We're, we're actually insisting that people fill out an application form because I haven't evaluated yours yet, Mike, so I have to determine whether or not you have a platform that's worthy. But we want to make I'm – not, I'm not teaching people how to build their platform, how to create a successful podcast or how to develop an online course – we have other properties that do that. This is to have people take people who are creators who are already have a following and help them leverage that and turn that into regular recurring income. So make sure you take care of that before the date. And we'll put all that stuff in the show notes as well as in the description below here. If you're watching this on YouTube, Steve, thanks again for joining me today on the podcast. Really appreciate it. Have fun storming a castle. Big thanks to Steve for taking time out of his schedule to talk to me about his new Patreon bootcamp, which if you are listening to this before the cart closes on May 16th, then you can get access to it. You can apply. You can be part of the bootcamp like I'm going to be because as I mentioned, I am firing up the Patreon once again for this podcast. Again, I'll have more details on what you can expect from that campaign and all that stuff in the weeks to come. But if you want to support the podcast, then this is the best way that you can do it. Again, I can't wait to put together this campaign through Steve's Patreon bootcamp, and I'd love for you to be part of it as well. Again, just click on the link in the show notes for the bootcamp, and that way you can apply and be part of it. You're going to learn from the best when it comes to this. And Steve, he's a great teacher. He knows his stuff and he's been very successful on Patreon. So that's why I'm glad that I'm going to be learning from him. So that way I can do this Patreon campaign right. That's it for this bonus episode of the Productivity Podcast. Thanks for taking the time to join me. And until next time, this is Mike Vardy, the host of the Productivity Podcast, reminding you to stop guessing and start going. See you later.